I put the pack in the trunk, now I'm back in the front and I'm dashing the whip on the road. Met this little baddie, we little, but back there, Chris ain't smashing and I gotta go. Dripping like I caught a lead, too much water around me, it makes sense, I got too many flows. On top of the pillar, can't settle for silver, I always deliver like straight to the dough. Don't pay a label, just pay me. Ain't seen no loyalty lately. Seem like these niggas switching like KD. Made my birthday in a picture like HD. I take over the internet HP. Can't have this life, you lazy. I save others cause nobody save me. Way too icy, I'm sipping on Freon. But I'm always on legends like Vion. Running out of these eyes that I feed on. Been put you on cause you ain't put me on. I've been on the same grind and had Creed on. On the road to redemption like Theon. I ain't made it until the whole team on. High expectations and I just been proving it. Feeling some weight and it's straight to the booth with it. Whipping the van cause it fits the old crew and ain't moving, I move. This shit is just ludicrous. Brothers ain't blood and a few in the streets. Few of my brothers, they ball overseas. I got some brothers that's next in the league. You ask them who ballin', they all look at me. I put the pack in the trunk, now I'm back in the front and I'm bashing the whip on the road. Bitch, little baddie, we little, but back there. Welcome to the fifth quarter where we strive to give you the real, deliver the facts. So just sit back. You just entered the fifth quarter. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Fifth Quarter Sports, man. We have a very special guest joining us on the podcast today, Eric Crocker. Say what's up to the peoples. What's up, man? Hey, um, you know, I'm glad uh, to be on today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I'm happy that you joined us, man. Uh, I've been watching you for a while, and I uh, respect everything that you're doing, and uh, definitely take a lot from uh, the, the critiques and so forth that you give on these uh, DBs and so forth and your NFL knowledge, man. Much respect to you. Uh, and with that being said, man, uh, give us a little bit about who you are and, 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 you know, the scouting endeavors that you're into. Yeah, so, you know, if you guys don't follow me, I'm, I'm Eric Crocker, Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I play some uh, professional sports. I, I was in the Arena Football League for some years. I was with the New York Jets uh, mm-hmm. at, uh, at different times during the 2013 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, pretty much it's crazy how it kind of happened on Twitter. Um, I, I just started kind of tweeting out what I see. And, and it's crazy because we see all these different film breakdowns and all these highlights and all that yep. type of stuff people posting. But, like, when I first started doing that, I'd say probably around 2000. 16-ish, mm-hmm. nobody was doing it. So it was different. And I wasn't thinking about it as something like, oh, this is going to be something that's huge or blows up. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, as a 49er fan, I'm a diehard 49er fan, and I would I would hear like people like talk really bad about a player, right? <laughs> so I, I would just put my, my phone to the, to the TV and record the play and just explain what happened. Like, okay, hey, this is what happened. You know, yada, 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 this is why that happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, People like liked it and whatnot, but it kind of grew to what it is now. Not yeah. not just with me, but just in general on on Twitter. So mm-hmm. you know, I've had to, I guess you could say, you know, just kind of adapt and and you know try to become more in depth. When I first did it, I could just say something and you know it's whatever. Yeah. Now everybody's an expert. So if I say <laughs> something, if I leave out any little detail, somebody will definitely be like, well. What about this and that and blah, blah. And I'm like, man, I'm just trying to point out this part that I think is like good or bad or you know whatever. Yeah, so definitely. Um, yeah, it's it, it's cool. It's fun. Sometimes it's like ah, it's a it's a little. I don't want to say irritating, but you know I have fun with it. I mean, my following is grown, man. Uh, drastic, drastically. I think when I first started, I probably had like, you know, when I first started like posting those little clips. Yeah. Probably two thousand followers, and now I'm up to you know over twenty four thousand. So. Oh, yeah. um Oh, yeah. it's, it's been fun. I think, you know, uh, everything that has come from it, I've, it has opened up a lot of doors for me. I've done media for the 49ers, which 
I never thought in a million years I would ever do. Okay. Um, just me just being a fan and then all of a sudden I'm credentialed for training camp practices. Next thing you know, I'm credentialed for home games, like in the media booths and, you know, all that type of stuff. I never thought that would happen. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, all, all, all that came from Twitter and, and really just just talking about what I see on TV and <laughs> just oh, yeah. little, little clips I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely, man. That's all great, man. And, and, and definitely, uh, you know, I can see the maturation process over time and it's just, you know, one thing led to another and, uh, you're doing great things, man. And you definitely get noticed and, and, and I'm, uh, definitely, uh, appreciative of, of the efforts that you putting forth and the whole scouting thing, because again, we can take a lot from, uh, that information and, and you definitely know what you're talking about. So, uh, with that being said, I had a question for you. Who's the most complete defensive back that you've seen in the league in your time of putting your eyes on guys on on guys and just scouting them? Man, well, I, I wouldn't say as far as you know scouting, but I had a front row seat, you know, to be able be in meeting rooms and watch Darrell Revis, you know, mm. and watch him on you know his uh, 2012 tape and um, before he tore his ACL, and and that's probably the most complete cornerback i've seen and i mean there was another really good corner on that team as well mm -hmm. you know with antonio camardi oh yeah and even then you know darrell revis it was it was really weird because when you see him in person <laughs> he's not like the most physically imposing looking <laughs> guy you know yeah. like he looks like he doesn't even really work out like i, I compare him to like the, the james harden uh, yeah. like, you know of football like where yeah. it was like man like how is he doing this how is he but <laughs> he just does it and um it wasn't fancy with like footwork. It was just consistency. Like mm -hmm. everything was extremely consistent. Everything was calculated. His quote unquote like geometry with his angles and everything that he took was on point. Mm -hmm. um, the way that he battled and the confidence that he had in himself. Uh, I think those are things that really made him great. So all around, he was just a terrific cornerback and probably the best that I've seen, uh, you know, being able to play all coverages mm -hmm. and really just say you know what forget all these coverages leave me on an island and they would they would shade the safety all the way to the other side of the field yeah. and just leave him out there and people talk about being on the island but they ain't on the island like revis so yeah um i, I think you know in recent years i guess uh and what i've really really seen on film that's the most complete defensive back i've seen now there are other ones that come to mind Charles Woodson, obviously, mm -hmm. um, with his versatility and things he's been able to do. Uh, yeah. Guys like Tyron Matthew, oh, yeah. um, excellent, um, excellent with the things that he's able to do. He can he can line up in the slot. He can cover, you know, slot receivers, tight ends. Um, you know, he can blitz. He can do all these different things. Mm -hmm. uh, playmaker, really good, you know, leader. I yeah. think that's one thing that kind of gets overlooked with Tyron Matthew. So that's another one. But just I, I got to go with Revis, you know, at the top of that list because. I mean, I had a front row seat to kind of just see, you know, uh, everything right in there and get it explained to me, like, what's he doing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of people definitely know about Revis Island. He got a, a reputation for himself. Uh, when I think of, like, the most uh, complete DB, and, I'm, I, and I guess I'm probably, my answers are, is, is going to be a little bit different than, I guess, complete, but... I think this dude was complete. He was so supremely talented, and I think we forget about him because his career was short-lived. But Sean Taylor is a guy who I watched, who I put my eyes on, and I just couldn't believe what I was watching, man. This dude was 6'2", 230 pounds. I mean, we don't have an official 40-time. I think I just 
pro day. I think he ran like a four or five or something like that. But you watch this guy play on film. Talk about a guy that can get off the hash, the guy that can play and run support. Like Sean Taylor was, was a freak of nature. And uh, I remember, you know, he used to have that nickname, uh, Meast. They used to call him Meast for uh, Man Beast or whatnot. And that, that nickname just stuck in my, you know, in my head this whole time. And uh, like I said, Sean Taylor was just so amazing. And, and, and I just remember watching this kid and just being blown away by what he can do on a football field. And, and he was so young. He came into the league, you know, so young and making these plays. Like, this dude could cover. This dude could hit. Like, I don't know if there was a weakness in Sean Taylor's game. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you saw any weaknesses in this game, but this kid was unbelievable, just flat out unbelievable to me. And um, he's a DB, like when I think about just like the best DB or, or, or just probably the most talented DB that I placed eyes on, like Sean Taylor, like immediately pops out to me. Like this kid was super amazing, super talented. Like, there's no way he should have been moving the way he was moving at 6'2", 230 pounds. He's probably bigger than that. Who knows? But, um, like I said, this kid was just flat out a stud. And uh, I remember one play. It was a play they were playing um, Cincinnati. And uh, he came. I think they ran like a – I want to say they ran like a, a – I don't know if it's an outside zone or kind of like a stretch play. Something with that they were running with Rudy Johnson, uh, Cincinnati was. And Sean Taylor came down the line. He tackled this dude with his arm, with his forearm. He just, <laughs> boom, hit him with his forearm. This dude flipped, hit. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who does that? I, I, I just don't think I've seen that before, you know, coming from the defensive back position, period, whether you're playing corner or safety. And so this dude was just a flat-out stud to me. And when I think of some, you know, the most talented probably DB that I placed eyes on, Sean Taylor just immediately comes to mind. So uh, what do you think about Sean? Oh, uh, hell yeah. I mean, oh, excuse my language. Hell no, yeah. no, you good, man. Like, this fifth quarter of sports. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean Taylor, man, I mean, that's one of, like, the, the pioneers of when safety started getting really freaky, right? Like, mm -hmm. that size, that speed, that coverage ability, mm -hmm. um, him being able to, like, really being like a hybrid safety, but really be able to do it all. Yes. Um, now, you know, obviously, like, he passed away at a mm -hmm. time where I was still kind of young. I, I was... Just yeah. getting out of high school, but you know, I I, I watched Sean Taylor. Yeah, I, I was a Miami Hurricane fan, <laughs> so um, you know, I'm talking about you know a California boy who mm -hmm. just fell in love with how all those guys played at my own Miami, mm -hmm. the swagger that they played with, mm -hmm. you know, An uh, Antrell Roll, uh, Santana Moss, oh, Andre yeah. Johnson, you yeah. know, uh, uh, Roscoe Parrish, like you oh, know, yeah. just all those guys, and you know, uh, uh, Ed Reed and Sean Taylor. They mm -hmm. were at like the peak of that with how mm -hmm. I feel. So, you know, kind of uh, following both of those guys going into the league, and we saw the career that Ed, Ed Reed had. Yeah. But Sean Taylor, he was on that same type of path. And really, it, it's unfortunate the way his life was taken. Yeah. But like you said, when you talk about all around player, he, he's got to be up there at the top. And, and again, like, if it weren't for his life being taken, you know, so so soon, yeah, he would be one of the guys that we talk about as like, oh, you know, the greatest ever. Or he would yeah, maybe yeah. even be like the prototype of what people are looking for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't find it. You like you can't they're not there's just no Sean way. Taylor's just popping yeah, up. There's no way. <laughs> I, I I've been looking and I just don't see a guy that's that's even close right now, you know. Um, so like I said, I mean, he, he's the guy that pops to mind, man. And, um, like I said, all these guys, you know, they uber talented period, but this dude was just out of this world. 
But um, with that, man, um, we got the 2021 NFL draft coming up. We talking about DBs. So I want to know from you with this draft coming up, who do you consider to be the top five available defensive backs in this draft? And uh, what what is it that you think those guys do best as well? All right, so I I haven't gotten into – uh, like as far as like kind of ranking them mm-hmm. yet, like one through five or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, just I five. haven't gotten to the safeties yet. So, so these are just um like cornerbacks mm-hmm. who I I really you know like. I've watched a good amount of these guys to understand at least for the most part who they are and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll just throw five names out there. I'll start with Patrick Sertain, who I just really got done watching today. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Sertain, I, I think he is, he's one of the best press corners I've seen in a while mm-hmm. yeah, uh, from a standpoint of like, it always looks the same. You know, you know, I, I know, you know, you, you coach seven on seven, I, mm-hmm. you know, I've coached it and it's really hard to get guys to be consistent with their technique, right? Oh like, yeah. Hey, stay square, feet beforehand, you know, like, you know, have good eye discipline. Like th- those things are tough. Mm-hmm. Well, certain, you know, it's almost like he had a father who, uh, played a bunch of years in the NFL. <laughs> like, um, his technique at the line of scrimmage is on point, and mm-hmm. it's it's really good. Uh, yeah. the, the one, the one, I don't want to say question mark, but the one thing I kind of question a little bit is how much twitch does he, does he have, like how much twitch and how much suddenness, mm-hmm. right? I, 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 I've seen a lot of people question his long speed. I don't, yeah. I don't have an issue with his long speed. I think he runs just fine. Yeah. I think what people are seeing is his lack of twitch and suddenness. So he doesn't do anything overly quick. It's just mm-hmm. everything is kind of almost like one speed and, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of, it's like kind of like a build up. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think that's one thing where, you know, his change of direction, his feet weren't mm-hmm. really challenged as much. Yeah. At the collegiate yeah. Level. Definitely. And I, okay. I don't know if it's not challenging enough because the receivers aren't just challenging them or if he's just so good with his press that he never gets kind of crossed up or anything. Mm-hmm. But, um, that like him, I'd be a little weary of putting him in a scheme where he had to play a lot of off and like like a cover four, like like the with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I and mean, I know a lot of Bronco fans really uh, they 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 like him. They're like, oh, we want Sertain. I don't know how much that would fit with uh, Vic Fangio's off uh, defense. Yeah, Fangio yeah, likes yeah. to play like you know quarters defense. Guys kind of sitting off, and if you you. I feel like if you do that, you're taking him, you're stripping him of what he does the best, which yeah. is play at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You know, playing off consistently, having him have to, you know, backpedal out, you know, drive from that standpoint. I, maybe because mm-hmm. the guy I copy him to is uh, Tremaine Johnson. They, okay. they move okay. the same. Okay. They have the same bodies type. Um, I think their athleticism is very similar. Obviously, I think Sertain uh, has better top end speed than Tremaine Johnson, but mm-hmm. just in the sense of like how they move, how they play. And yeah. Tremaine was, you know, he played very well from off coverage. So maybe it's something that Sertain can do once he's asked to do it more. Yeah. But yeah. right now, that's one of the bigger questions that I have with him. So I started with Sertain. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go with uh, J.C. Horn. Um, obviously, yes. you know, a, a, another like son him. of a former professional uh, football player in the field, his dad, Joe Horn. Mm-hmm. Well, J- J.C., when, when I see him, another guy who's really physical, press. Now, Unlike Sertain, which I didn't really talk about it, but Sertain doesn't really go out of his way to get dirty. Like, if the play is there and he has to come down and make a tackle, make a hit, he's very physical from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. But just throwing guys off, defeating blocks, things like that, I didn't really see that from him. 
you see it with J.C. Horn. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. saw him throw uh, Kyle Pitts to the side. Like, man, get up out of here. And just threw him <laughs> all, like, five yards. And I was like, whoa, did I just really just see that? I rewinded it, like, ten times. Like, God, yeah. man. Like, no, nah, uh, Kyle Pitts had the trip or something. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, nah, he's just that physical. He's that aggressive, you know. And we all saw the game where he was like, you know what, Seth Williams from Auburn, like, I'm just going to guard you oh, all yeah. game. Oh, he yeah. completely shut Took him, him out. out. Made, yeah, made life really difficult for Seth Williams. I just think anybody with that type of mentality to take on that type of challenge, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that's a big dog. And that speaks volumes oh, yeah. of what type of mentality he has. Yes, sir. And, you know, I, I know he works with this guy, Oliver Davis, out in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's consistently putting in the work, putting in the work, putting in the work, crafting. Like, it's really good work that they do as well. So, you know, just knowing how he plays, where he's at, I really like we're just starting to see the beginning of, of what he's actually going to become. Mm-hmm. So, J.C. Horn, that's definitely a, a corner that I really like, and he might be my CP1, but don't hold me to that just yet. Um, <laughs> so, so there's J.C. Horn, and then there's, uh, let's see, I know everybody loves um, the, big, the, the big corner, Farley. Farley yeah. from, uh, from, from Virginia Tech. Yeah, now, he's like I my fourth seen, corner. Yeah, I haven't seen as much on him as other guys because mm-hmm. it's been a little bit harder to kind of find his film. But I've seen three games, and so far from what I've seen, I'd say he's more raw mm-hmm. than the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his technique is inconsistent. And, you know, the the good thing is, you know, with somebody with his skill set, it's something that can be improved on. Mm-hmm. I think his topping athleticism looks really good mm-hmm. when he – when he makes his mind up to close on the ball that's in the air, I mean, it's as fast as anybody in this class, maybe yeah. probably the best. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a freakish athlete, especially with his size, the way he attacks the ball in the air. I think y'all, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I just would like to see a little bit more uh, consistent technique when playing in like press and really even with playing off. Sometimes his eye is really bad that he get a beat. But yeah. again, like I said, those are things that you can get coached up on and improve mm-hmm. on. So, if there's a team that's more so like, you know what, we really like the the athlete. We really like the things that he does physically. And we just, you know, we can coach him up on the other things. Mm-hmm. Then I think he might be the first corner off the board. Now, would oh. I take him first? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. I'd yeah. be scared. I'd be a little scared to do it. Yeah. But I think there will be teams, that, you know, especially picking in the top 15 that are like, you know what, we see the freak athlete. Mm-hmm. We can mold him into what we want. And again, like, you know, I can kind of go both ways, right? I think it's a little safer to take Sertain or or uh, Horn, mm-hmm. but I know there's going to be people that really like uh, his athleticism uh, and so yeah, on. his athleticism, and I think he, you know, it looks like from what I see, he's going to test well. Okay. So that's him. And then the next two guys I'll talk about, and I'll actually throw in a bonus one. But the next two guys, they're both from Georgia. All right, you got Tyson Campbell and you got Eric Stokes Jr. Mm-hmm. And both of these guys are 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 guys that. Um, I think are really sound with their technique. They're they're big, long corners, especially Campbell. Mm-hmm. Watching him on film, I didn't know do a six two, but he's six two, so he's a really long. Corner. I think he moves very well mm-hmm. for his uh, size. Uh, same with Stokes. Stokes plays a little. He plays a little. I don't know. It's kind of like hunched over, like mm-hmm. he's like trying so hard to be low. Mm-hmm. But you can tell like dude's an explosive athlete. Uh, you know. Uh, a guy kind of got a little bit of the best of them, which, I mean, this happens. And we're yeah. talking about uh, Devontae Smith. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, Devontae Smith kind of posterized him a little bit. Did the same thing to J.C. Horn, uh, where he kind of slammed ticket to the house. So, I mean, that's Devontae Smith. I think the world of him. Yeah. But I think in, in, just from what I've seen from Eric Stokes, 
he deserves to definitely be in that 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 competition with the with the top five guys. Mm-hmm. Campbell, he might be on the maybe barely on the outside looking in on the top five, but I really like what he has to offer. I think he's more of a day two type guy. Mm-hmm. Where I definitely okay. take the other guys day one. And then the last guy is Benjamin Saint Juiced. Juste, Juice uh-huh. from uh, Minnesota. Okay, right? okay. Um, big corner, looks really big. Uh, ideally, I, I don't really care so much for the long movements. He's a really long movement type guy, mm-hmm. but I think he showed a, a really good amount of versatility, being able to play off. Uh, his transition is not bad. Again, movements are a little long, but mm-hmm. his transitions still look pretty good. Um, his click and close look pretty good. Long corner, likes to get his hands on guys. When I first turned on this film, like the first clip, he kind of got whooped a little bit at the line of scrimmage. And I was like, oh, man, he's one of these guys who, you know, his his feet are all bad, right? Mm-hmm. He's a tall, long corner with bad feet. But the more I watched it, I was like, you know what? Feet look pretty good. Really aggressive at the line of scrimmage. Consistently gets hands on. That's good. And, and I'm not one of those people that be like, hey, you line up impressed to get hands on. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that you you line up well. I believe there's 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 press, yeah, and there's jamming, right? Yeah. So so press is an alignment. That's me lined up, you know, uh, in uh in front of the receiver, mm-hmm. and then there's jamming, which is a technique of getting my hands on. Uh, the higher up levels you get, it starts to get a little harder and harder to get hands on. Absolutely. Some people just do it really, you know, naturally, and they're really good at it, like uh like uh Patrick Sertain. He's mm-hmm. just really good. He's just so patient. He's really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, other people have to really they try really hard to get hands on then they end up stopping their feet mm-hmm. I think when, when I watched this corner from Minnesota I thought he gave you a good amount of both I thought he was really good from that standpoint playing off his hips were he really reminded me a lot of Akilah Witherspoon who was okay. drafted by the 49ers okay. you know a 6'3 200 pound corner with really fluid movements and good good feet for their size uh, you know how high he'll go. I don't know, but I know he definitely should be in the discussion for at least a, a day two pick. From the game I watched, I have to watch more on him. Mm-hmm. I watched one game against Maryland, and and I was like, you know what, this this is good stuff for somebody that people aren't really talking about. Mm. Okay, okay, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, I guess we, I think we had what my my top five DBs available in this draft were uh, Patrick Sertan. J.C. Horn, we both had them one and two. Uh, I had Tyson Campbell three. I had Caleb, Caleb Farley as the fourth guy. And then I had a toss-up between uh, Greg Newsom from uh, Northwestern and the guy from UCF, uh, Aaron Robinson. And I saw the Aaron Robinson guy kind of in the senior bowl stuff. So I think he really played, uh, you know, increased his draft stock with uh, his playing ability and everything he did at the senior bowl. Um, <coughs> excuse me. With Patrick Sertan, um, I've seen that a lot in a lot of uh, scouting reports on the guy with uh, concerns about his twitchiness or whatnot. So, um, you know, you bringing that up is kind of in line with a lot of things that I've seen on him. Um, My issue with Patrick Sertan was I I didn't feel, and I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, I I didn't feel like he was really challenged a lot in college. Uh, I, I just didn't get that impression that he was really challenged consistently and a guy that I'm going to bring up is uh, like Derek Stingley. You know, Derek Stingley was a senior, right? And with LSU, they challenged this guy consistently game in, game out, even though I don't know what the hell they were looking at as offense because I was like, why would you challenge that guy? He's a stud. I remember watching him when he was a junior in high school, but Derek Stingley was just flat out a stud. And uh, he pretty much, uh, you know, 
uh, remain consistent in that position going to LSU and uh, moving on to the college level. He had a flat-out stud uh, freshman year, in my opinion. And so, uh, excuse me, Patrick Satan, I just didn't see a whole lot of film in which he was consistently challenged downfield to have to show, you know, that you're that guy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um the twitchiness thing is something that I've seen the, a lot. With the type of receivers he was facing, because right? you talked about Stingley, and it's like, man, like, you know, two years in a row, he's had to face these Alabama receivers who yeah. are really extremely dynamic. And, you know, they'll get you in space and they'll make you have to open your hips this way and go this way. And you mm-hmm. have to really react. Mm-hmm. We didn't see a whole lot of, of certain challenge in that way, partly because he's on the same team with with the dynamic guy. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, he might have faced it in practice and we don't know how that looked, but in the game, you know, it's it's probably it was probably slowed down for him because it's like, well, in practice, I guard, you know, Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and, mm-hmm. and you know, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. So when he gets in the games and he's playing against these guys, maybe it slowed down. Again, that's me trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But like you said, I don't know because we just didn't really see it. Now, he was challenged downfield a good amount. Um, Tennessee kept throwing shots on him, and they got him one time. They mm-hmm. got him down that right sideline, caught a, a bomb on him for a touchdown. Uh, I know Auburn, uh, Seth Williams, I talked about how J.C. Horn sh- completely shut him out. Well, J.C. Horn, uh, I mean, well, uh, Seth Williams last year caught a bomb on on uh, Sertain. Uh, there were other guys that made some contested catches on him, and mm-hmm. he actually got a bunch of flags on him, which I forgot to mention in my breakdown. Mm-hmm. But I thought out of all the guys I've seen, and, and again, I, I don't act like I've watched every game of these guys, but yeah, I've watched yeah. a good amount. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anybody flagged as much as he was. So uh, mm-hmm. J.C. Horn. And then I saw other plays where I felt like he could have been flagged and he wasn't called for it. So, yeah. um, and and like and when I and if I say that because I'm a defensive bad guy, so if I say that, that really <laughs> means it was a little more egregious. Yeah, you know? so, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you try to get the defense the benefit of the doubt because the offense gets away with. Like every damn thing under the sun nowadays, it's hard to play DB on these guys now. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of in line with the same things that I've seen from JC Horn. Like I'm in love with the guy from a from a standpoint that he's just like a flat out dog. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I watched some. Um, they released like something recently. It was like some practice tape on this guy, and I'm just like, oh my gosh! Like I sent this to another guy, um, Ahmad Christian, who I uh, do defensive back training and stuff with and i was just like look at this kid man like his technique was like on point like in every rep that i watched on that tape he was just like on point you know and um and just like we were talking about earlier where it's hard to consistently you know do the same thing over and over as far as your technique making sure everything's on point making sure everything looks the same and stuff like that and that's something that you're giving credit for to uh patrick's attain for doing jc horn in that you know just it was probably a two minute clip maybe at at best but like i mean he was just flat out just everything was perfect and and his comp his uh, his uh competing level was just you know at an all-time high this guy was in practice playing like it was game mode you know and uh a lot of kids or whatever they might think that they're doing that but he was exemplifying what the hell it means to play like it's a game you know take every rep like it's like it's a game rep and uh that's what i took away from that film um a guy like tyson campbell uh the thing that 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 sticks out to me about tyson and i don't know if you got a chance to look at it tyson was playing in that game against uh alabama right 
Devontae mm-hmm. Smith went off, right? You know, he gave Eric Stokes the business and Tyson Campbell the business. You know, he was just flat out just doing anybody that was on him, you know. But I kept looking at it, and I was like, Tyson Campbell is really in great position on <laughs> almost every single play. Devontae's just being, you know, making a better catch. He's just it's just better offense happening right now. It's not that Tyson Campbell is bad or or he did something wrong. It's just Devontae Smith was that much greater on that particular play. And um, I think that was his issue in a couple of games. Definitely mm-hmm. that game. I mean, there was one play that sticks out in my mind in the mm-hmm. Alabama game where uh, where you had uh, uh, Devontae Smith. He ran kind of like this little stop route and whatnot, like mm-hmm. maybe a 14-yard stop route. He had to work back to the ball mm-hmm. maybe five yards, like mm-hmm. work back five yards to the ball, mm-hmm. all because Campbell had that tight of coverage. And somehow Devontae Smith made the catch. <laughs> then there was a couple of times where um, against Florida where mm-hmm. I thought Campbell's coverage was great. Mm-hmm. And two times he gave up touchdowns, one to uh, Kyle Pitts yeah. and another one to uh, – uh, Grimes, you know, both mm-hmm. of them, we're talking about six, six tight end and a six, four receiver. Yeah. Big but, and both of the passes were played, were uh, placed perfectly mm-hmm. where, I mean, he's right there, hand in the bread basket, ripping at the ball and the guys just made tough catches. So I, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head there when you said his coverage is really good. And that mm-hmm. was one thing in my notes where it's like, yeah, I want him to finish. But he's in position. Yeah, he and just it's is. Like, dude, you're, you're not always going to lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, more so than somebody that just gets whooped by yeah. five yards and, you know, he has no chance. Yeah. That wasn't something that I, I really saw with Campbell. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I agree with you from that standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like, I was like, man, Tyson was just always in position. And that was just something that I took away from watching him in the Alabama game, you know. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, the next guy that I had at number four was Caleb Farley. And uh, and, and I don't know, the, I, I guess the more that I kind of, like this dude is super explosive, right? So you're right about like his explosiveness and, and the way like, you know, if you make his mind up to go get that ball, like, you know, this guy is like probably one of the best at just breaking on that, you know, being twitchy and so forth. But my thing with him is that he didn't have a great year in 2018. You know, he was good in 2019. But, like, he had, like, the injuries or whatever that was going on. Like, I think he had, like, a, a significant back injury in 2019. So, like, he played well, but, he, you know, he had an injury going on. And then he sat out this year, you know. So, bad 18, pretty decent 19, but you had some injuries. And you um, and he missed the 2017 season before that with an ACL injury. Um, so, so ACL. Why, why is everybody so high on him? I, yeah, I, I don't know. know. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's, it's – uh, for me, it's I, I kind of I get a feel for who who has who where, mm-hmm. and then that just kind of goes up gauges where I kind of just uh, what I watch first. Like mm-hmm. okay, everybody's talking about this Farley guy. Let me watch him. Mm-hmm. Now again, the thing I came off with is he's a pretty raw athlete. He started and, out as a wide receiver. Yeah, that's what that and that's what that that's what I was told. He started out as a wide receiver, but my thing is, why is he unanimously? A top ten, top fifteen pick. I, I don't you know. know. <laughs> and from that standpoint, I'm I'm going off of what people are saying, and I'm like, well, you know, it sounds like maybe somebody will gamble on the athleticism. But if I just go off a of pure film, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have them in the first round. You that, know? Like, exactly. That, that, that's what I. That's my thinking as well. I don't think this is a first round guy. Like, if you're that in love with his athleticism, I, I just don't know. And then we have the injury concerns. You know. He missed that first year with that torn ACL. 
18 was just a flat out bad year. So he pretty, pretty much, he's probably still recovering from that ACL is what that tells me. And then in 2019, you had a decent year, but you were battling this back injury. And then you turn around and sit out 2020. I, I just don't think he should have sat out this year. Cause that's the biggest question mark to me. Like, what is this guy, you know, what is he really at his apex? And I don't know if we really have the answer to that question, you know? Yeah. So he I have the flash plays. I, I'll give him that. He has the flash plays, mm-hmm. but not so much the, the, the consistency, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that's just from what I've seen. I've seen three games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's it. Um, I, I would like to kind of go back further and, and see if I can catch some more games, but, just from what I've seen, yeah, I, I'm I'm on the same page with you. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't watched the. Uh, you had the uh, Minnesota guy, um, and and I haven't watched him, so I, I really don't have a a, a, a take on him. Uh, my my fifth guy was uh, Greg Newsom the second from uh, Northwestern, or Aaron Robinson from uh, UCF. Um, I watched I watched uh, some film on Greg Newsom, and I remember I wasn't even watching this film. For Greg Newsom, I was just watching some breakdown film of uh, Stanford against uh, Northwestern, and Greg Newsom was just a guy that stood out to me. I'm like, man, this this, this kid is a dog. You know what I mean? Um, he grabs a lot, so I'm pretty sure that that's probably something that's going to be flagged on his evaluation that he, you know, he's real grabby or whatnot. So, um, I mean, I guess it just depends on how you look at it. But this dude is not afraid of competing, you know, like period, yeah. to the highest level, like that's what you want your cornerback to have a mindset of. Like, I think J.C. Horn might have the best mindset of that stuff, and then Greg Newsom might be second in that, you know, in that line of thought, right? And um, so I got Greg Newsom the second, and I just really love the way – I love the way that that guy competes consistently, you know, every single snap that he's out there. He's he's competing. He's a dog. Like, there's no ifs, ands, nuts, or buts about it. And um, the, the Aaron Robinson guy, I can see teams talking themselves into this guy. Um, you know, he had a decent season, but uh, he was really great at the Senior Bowl. Definitely boosted his stock. Um, you know, 5'11 guy, 190. I think he's the shortest out of all the guys that we've talked about. Um, you know, 5'11 guy. The rest of those guys are at least 6'1". Um, so, I can see teams talking themselves into this guy. He he played very well at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, was was you know pretty much displayed a whole lot of traits that you're looking for out of the cornerback position. So he, I can see him being that fifth uh, corner that's taken in the draft. So uh, those are my, you know, pretty much my five slash six. You know, Patrick Satan, J.C. Horn, Tyson Campbell. I got Caleb Farley as number four, and that's really based off of the athleticism piece. And then uh, Greg Newsom the second, or uh, Aaron, Ro- uh, Aaron Robinson from uh, UCF. Those, you know, that's the fifth or sixth guy. So those are my guys, and, and you know, I kind of gave my reasons for you know why those are my guys in, in in that order and so forth so with that being said do you think there are a particular team that each guy fits best out of the five that you think are the best available in this upcoming draft yeah so i know off the top of my head right we're talking about certain and some of the things he does well i think more of like that seattle co- cover three type hmm. scheme something okay. like that um, okay. Either that, or maybe even like a, a New England Patriots defense that allow him to play more press man okay. with you know two high uh, safeties, mm-hmm. something like that. I think that that would suit him very well. Um, now, the one thing I don't know is how well he reads down concepts from a bill. When I was watching him in the bill, he was just kind of out there, mm-hmm. and guys were able to create separation on stop routes, and it was like he he wasn't really anticipating it. And oh, then okay. you know I talked about his uh, lack of suddenness and twitchiness, so he's not really somebody that just 
really recovers mm-hmm. off of something he wasn't really expecting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I do I do think especially like yeah, the that New England Patriots, him and JC Horn, I think they'd excel there. From okay. what I've seen so far with uh Farley, I think the Broncos, like, you know, I talked mm. about them in the first Couple round. Four. Um they're really high in the first round, but somebody who, you know, he played a whole lot of off coverage, mm-hmm. you know, playing at Virginia Tech. I think that I think that really suits him. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, obviously he can play at the line of scrimmage, and I think that's something he's going to continue to improve on. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, if a team, again, I wouldn't do it. But if a team, you know, if every if he's as good as everybody says, mm-hmm. then I think he's a good fit for for the Broncos in that top ten. Um, okay. Let's see, uh, Eric Stokes and Campbell mm-hmm. really like those guys a lot. I think they're more towards the later part of the first round. Mm-hmm. But you know, a team like you know the Pittsburgh Steelers for for them, I think they fit well in that type of scheme. Okay. Um, you know, both of them they have similar uh, skill set. I think Stokes might be a little more explosive, but um, mm-hmm. uh, fluid mover and everything. I think you know, yeah, definitely a, like maybe like the Colts. Um, okay. You know, if okay. you're looking for a cornerback, something like that, they play a lot of single high and stuff like that. At least mm-hmm. that's what they played in the previous years. Uh, that that would suit them, you know, very well. Okay. Okay, yeah, that uh, that's not bad at all. Um, that's not bad at all. Those are some interesting takes there. Um, you know, as far as scheme fit and so forth. Uh, Caleb Farley, I definitely wasn't uh, thinking of that. Him being a um, a Denver Broncos fit, but hey, I mean, you know, it just I guess it depends on what you know D coordinator you go to and what the heck they want you to do. But this guy has, you know, he definitely has a a tool set that you can use. So it's it's going to be interesting to see who drafts them and 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 in the way that they actually use them. Um, with that being said, a guy that we didn't mention in our top five, but I want to bring up because he's a local guy that played here at Trinity Christian Academy and he played up at Ohio state is Sean Wade. I just want your thoughts on him as a player and where do you think he fits best in the NFL corner or safety? You know, man, I, I'll start off with where he fit, where I think he probably fits best. And mm-hmm. I would say safety, you know, I'm watching him at mm-hmm. corner and well, okay, let's 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 scratch that. Let's go back even further than that. Mm-hmm. The year before, I watched him in the slot. Yeah. Right. And obviously, he was forced to play in the slot because you have guys like uh, Jeffrey Okuda and Damon Arnett, who were bo- both first round picks. You mm-hmm. know, they were playing. So you know, he wasn't going to just be on the field as an outside starting corner. Mm-hmm. So they figured out a way to to get him to play, and he played in the slot. Yeah. When I watched him, I remember my initial reaction was. I think he's somebody that would be better suited playing on the outside. That was just that was my thoughts when I when I initially watched him mm-hmm. because I was trying to figure out, man, everybody Sean Wade, Sean Wade, Sean Wade, and I'm like, man, well, did this dude even really play like that? Because everybody's talking about him being this top, the best corner in his class. Mm-hmm. So I watched him and he was playing in the slot, and I'm like, okay, I understand why, but I do think he's better suited playing on the outside. Now we saw him play on the outside this year. Mm-hmm. And everybody was saying he's better suited playing in the slot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, he's not. But he was getting kind of ate up on the outside. Yeah. You know? And um, my my thoughts on him from what, what I saw was I, I definitely think that he's a, he's a good athlete. Mm-hmm. I definitely. think one thing that I noticed, whether he's playing in the slot or even on the outside, and it showed up against guys like Devontae Smith. And again, it's hard to judge corners off of going up against Devontae Smith, but that is more the type of caliber of receivers that they'll face in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I thought his feet were a little bad, right? Mm-hmm. And it really got exposed. I mean, I talk about Devontae Smith, but when Powell from Clemson 
is oh, yeah, just that dude dragging was, you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like that that wasn't a good look. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, saw him getting dogged against Penn State, um, Indiana. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like so now it's kinda happening a little too much. Mm -hmm. And and again, if, if you give up a catch here and there, I I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. It's when these things are kind of being consistent and you've become a target. Mm -hmm. Like against against uh Alabama, he was kind of really being targeted. When against um Clemson, it was like they don't care that you're out here, we're gonna throw the ball to Powell. Like he's yeah. you know, T. Higgins or Ross, mm -hmm. like it's mm -hmm. like, nah, this is like a fifth year senior, but he's yeah. dragging you. So I think those are the things where you watch and you're like, this is not supposed to happen to a top tier corner. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at him and I just think I don't again, I talked about Sertain maybe not having that set in this, but the one thing Sertain does have is he has good feet. Mm -hmm. Watching 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 uh uh Sean Wade. Sean Wade, it looked like the feet are a little slow i don't want to mm -hmm. say slow but just bad mm -hmm. when i say slow that just means oh he got slow feet when i say bad it means like because you know you can get on the ladder and look really good and have fast feet right mm -hmm. a ladder or you can do uh drills you know just with cones and stuff and look really good with your feet but yeah. when you're challenged when your movement skills are challenged i thought they were lacking he was lacking a little bit from that standpoint so okay. me personally i would probably play him in more of a you know who reminds me, he reminds me a little bit of 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 um what's the kid's name josh jackson the the, the mm. corner from iowa okay then, okay you know, he he got drafted to the league and i remember telling people he got drafted I don't green really bay like him. yeah mm -hmm. i don't really like him like that like he made a lot of plays great. in college he made a lot of plays and the reason why he made a lot of plays was iowa played off coverage mm -hmm. and he was excellent at reading concepts from off mm -hmm. now when you get to the league you're not playing I mean, you're not just sitting off in zone all game. Yeah, it's gonna be about fifty-fifty where you're up press and you got a man up, mm -hmm. and then yeah, they're gonna throw some uh, zone in there as well. Mm -hmm. But you can't just sit off like that unless you have a, just the world's greatest pass rush, mm -hmm. you know. And he got to the league, and they didn't really know what to do with him. And I yeah. knew that would happen. I was telling everybody, oh, first round, first round. Look at his playmaking. I'm like, no, he is great at reading route concepts. Maybe the best I've seen in recent years, like mm -hmm. in the last ten years. Reading route concepts from off coverage, knowing how to bait corners, great there. Well, Sue Douglas was to, good at that too. Yeah, but when you start asking guys like that, those long corners like that, hey, you got to play man. Mm -hmm. And if they don't got the feet to really do it, they're going to kind of get exposed a little bit. And that's what we saw with Sean Wade, mm -hmm. to where maybe he is better suited to play more of a of a safety role or like a slot role where he'd be asked to do more spot dropping mm -hmm. than actually having to like run vertically uh, with guys and again he is a good athlete mm -hmm. so i think you know there there can be some improvement there mm -hmm. he's just gonna have to work really hard to improve on those flaws and you know i i don't know i wouldn't have really came out after that year i don't know who's advising them maybe maybe they advise him hey just come out because you're going to be a top pick no matter what and mm -hmm. somebody probably will take him uh yeah. day day one maybe day two mm -hmm. you know maybe early probably, day two right yeah, second round pick. day two but maybe i i, I wouldn't yeah. And I think that he is somebody that probably has the ability to be a, you know, a top 15 pick, go back to Ohio State, put a good year of film together, mm -hmm. and then come out. Same thing with, like, a Marco Wilson from Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Marco Wilson's coming out. And if it were me, I would say, Marco, stay stay another year, and, and you have all the ability. Now just have a good year. Put mm -hmm. out good film so then, you know, you can be a first-round pick. Well, mm -hmm. now – I don't know. I don't know if I would draft Marco Wilson, not from what the film I've seen. So, yeah. 
Um, you know, that that's the tough part about it. It's, it's going to be the same for Sean Wade. There's going to be a team that might just gamble on the upside. And it may work out. It yeah. may work out. Yeah. So, I mean, so with that being said, you know, again, Sean Wade, you know, local guy here, uh, played at Trinity and uh, went on to Ohio State. Uh, 6'1 guy, 195 pounds. Um, I... Just from what I've seen, um, I see him as a safety in the league. That's what I really think he's going to be suited best. And when I say safety, what comes to mind for me is I think he fits that Malcolm Jenkins type of role in the league. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Where he played uh-huh. that, that slot. You're going to line up against some tight ends. I, I just think he will strive very well in that role as long as he goes to the right situation. You know, again, don't go to the situation where they're asking you to, to play on the outside you know, right off the back or whatever the case may be, go to that situation where they're going to, you know, take their time, make sure that they develop you. And ultimately, I think his best role in the league is going to be Malcolm Jenkins type, like just playing that that same exact role that Malcolm Jenkins had when he played with the Eagles. That's what I mm-hmm. see from Sean Wade. Um, you know, That's you mentioned comparison because Malcolm Jenkins was a guy who, you know, he was a corner. Right? Wasn't he a corner coming out? And then I think, he got yeah. the NFL. Yeah. And they were yeah. like, uh, we need to put you at safety. And yeah. he's done a really good job of yeah. kind of being that hybrid exactly. nickel slash safety type guy. And, you know, he's made a long career out of it. So, exactly. yeah, no, that was good. That's a good example. And that's, and that's what I see from him. So, hopefully, that's exactly what happens, you know, for Wade when he comes into the league. Um, you know, like I said, you were talking about the game against Penn State. When he played against, uh, what's the kid's name, uh, Johan Dotson or whatnot, I thought Sean was in pretty good position on a lot of those plays. This kid, Dotson, just made an unbelievable catch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I like, uh, this kid just made an amazing catch. And then I think there was like a slant play that he played um, that, that Dotson scored on. But I think Sean Wade was expecting safety help on it, the way he was playing the coverage and his leverage on that play. He just, it looks like he was expecting safety help and it wasn't yeah. there. So, um, you know, sometimes those things happen and, and the casual fan might see that and think that the guy's getting torched, but it's like, ah, uh, that yeah, wasn't the coverage. Yeah, outside leverage probably, yeah. like, yeah. Shady, That's shady what he was doing. He, he, like, he gave okay. him the release inside, so it just leads me to believe that maybe he was expecting the safety to come down and play over top of that or break on that. But, um, you know, so, again, those, those type of plays happened, and, you know, they, they just stand out more. I don't know what it was about Sean Wade. I don't know if it was, you know, his dad promoting everything or what, but it's just like, I don't know, his his errors seem to be magnified, you know, more so than any of the other corners that I can think of coming into, you know, this draft or whatnot this year. And I like I said, I think a, a lot of it might have been just the expectations that maybe they thought he was going to be Jeff Okuda, you know. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, it didn't work out that way, and that's just not the guy that he is. He's a different type of player. And, um, you know, people might not, you know, realize that, but I think those were the expectations. And the expectations versus what reality was didn't match up. And maybe that was some, you know, some of the uh, noise around him and so forth. But um, like I said, if he comes into the league and they put him in that Malcolm Jenkins type of role, I think he's going to be excellent. Excellent. Like, he won't skip a beat. But uh, like I said, everything's about going to the right situation and so forth. But my prediction is he plays safety in the league, and hopefully that's what they stick him at, and I think he'll strive there. So um, with that, man... um, my last thing that I want to bring up to you and, and, and kind of get into is where where fifth quarter sports, you know, we really uh, get into the high school football thing a lot. And um, with you being a guy that that, that watches cornerbacks and, and, and DBs in general and, and know what you're looking at, 
Um, I just wanted you to be able to tell the kids who listen to the show, what advice would you give them as a DB looking to play on a college level? And, and, and what's that one thing that you would really, uh, you know, make sure that you point out to them for them to really work on improving and, and, and being great at? Man, I, I think the first thing is is the grades. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, all the other <laughs> yeah. stuff is great. Like, you can be the best athlete. I was a I was a solid athlete, like not the most amazing athlete, but I, mm-hmm. I was good. Mm-hmm. And nobody would ever know because I missed five games my junior year, five games my senior years because because I was academically ineligible. Okay. And colleges couldn't even touch me. You know what wow. I'm saying? And then when it was time for me to uh, get recruited from junior college. I flunked out of my first junior college, was mm-hmm. out of school for three years, went back to junior college, had to get like straight A's to be, be able to even step on the field. Mm. And then when Division One colleges came, like, hey, we want that big corner right there. They were like, oh, no, you guys can't touch him. He only His time clock is up for Division One. Wow. So the first thing I would say is definitely really like get on those grades. And a mm-hmm. lot of times kids struggle. They're a lot like me mm-hmm. where you're not stupid. You're, you're, you're smart. But you're just lazy. Yeah. And that was my that was my issue academically. Um, shoot, it's still my issue. So um, <laughs> that's the first thing I, I would say to the kids. Yes, Make sir. sure that you stay on those grades. All right. And then uh, one coach, he would always say this to us. Um, you know, Coach Dykes, Coach Donald Dykes. He was my defensive back coach at at University of Arkansas Monticello. And okay. um, Coach da- Coach Dykes would say, you know. What you do in the classroom is a direct correlation of what you do out there on the field. So basically saying, like, you know, guys that work really hard in the classroom, those are guys that actually work really hard off, uh, I mean, you know, uh, uh, out of the classroom as well. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the guys putting in extra work, um, the guys that it really matters to. Mm-hmm. That was one thing I noticed. Like, you notice the guys that really slack off a lot of times. They don't put in a whole lot of work outside of, you know, okay, yeah, we go to practice and they do their thing or they're just blessed with athleticism. But if you really want to take your game to the next level, you have to be doing more than the next person. So I think that's the that's the next thing I would say is mm-hmm. do more. Mm-hmm. Do do more than the next person. If mm-hmm. if if you're at practice and the coach says you guys got ten sprints, run eleven sprints. Like mm-hmm. you gotta get better than everybody else that day. Mm-hmm. You can't do what everybody else is doing and then expect that you're just going to have some miraculous different outcome <laughs> than everybody else. Wow. You have to do more. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's one thing as well. And then again, like be coachable. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like be coachable. Like, n- you know, everybody, I think the issue now with social media is social media can make you feel like whatever you want it to look like, mm-hmm. you know? You can post a picture and 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 whatever and everybody oh you're you're just a you're a guy right mm-hmm. like everybody gasses you up but really you're, you're not that yeah. like you're not there yet mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and sometimes like people need to be humble but because everybody is singing all these these kids praises yeah and all oh, my son my son this and my son that people are less likely to be coachable nowadays mm-hmm. so i would say be coachable take constructive criticism especially from people around you that have that know the process, that understand the process, and they really are looking out for your best interest. Yeah. And being coachable isn't just, you know, being able to take that constructive criticism, like, yes, coach, yes, coach. It's also putting putting to work what, what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So if, if they're saying, like, hey, these are the things that you need to be doing, well, you need to be doing those things. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what's really going to help kids. I, I would say this, and I'll, this would be the last thing I say. It ain't hard. Like, it, it's not hard it's not hard to be good. 
Mm-hmm. The hardest part about being good is doing the things that you have to do to be good. Mm-hmm. But people think like, oh man, like this dude's just amazing. And I'll never be like, no nah, man, just work, just work. And if you work, um, there's a, there's a saying from uh, from Oliver Davis that the guy I told you, the DB guy from, yeah. from Atlanta, he trains all these uh, these big time dudes, one percent. And their goal is every day I'm gonna get one percent better. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be the mindset, one percent every day. I got to get 1% better because if I do, like, that's going to add up. So do something. I tell kids all the time, man, you can be in your room and just work on getting out of your break. Just back pedal, uh, get out, back pedal, uh, get out. Mm-hmm. Your feet, eventually they're going to get better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like working on good habits, uh, pra- you know, practicing good habits, all that. So um, I don't want to ramble on. There's so much. I'm so passionate <laughs> about coaching and training athletes and, yeah. and the process of it all. Then obviously now with me on the other end of it, like, you know, being able to evaluate talent. I got all these, all these dudes follow me because they know, because they know I, I, I really, you know, talk about the real stuff. We talking about, you know, uh, uh, Christian Fulton, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Steph, uh, Stephon Diggs, not Stephon yeah. Diggs, uh, Trevon Diggs, Trevon, uh, yeah. uh, Richard Sherman. I mean, he DMs me. Mm-hmm. Um, J.C. Horn, like all, uh, take Allen from uh, UCF. Like I hear, like these guys message me because they know I know the real. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you can. You, you don't got to be this amazing person. You just got to put in the work. Yep. And I think that's what kids nowadays, don't get lost in the sauce. Don't let all these dudes tell you that you're this and that. Mm-hmm. You always can get better. And it's not hard to get better. The hardest part is just actually getting you off your lazy butt and putting in the work and then being consistent. Mm-hmm. So that's it. I don't want to keep going on the ramble, <laughs> but that, that's kind of, I'll, I'll end on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys heard it here first from 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 Coach Croc on that one. You know what I mean? Uh Make sure these grades are right, you know, and, and, and make sure that you that you're doing that the extra stuff. Uh, and it's ama- and, and, and it's uh funny that you say the whole thing about if coach said do ten, do eleven. It's the very thing that I said to my son, my oldest son, about what are you doing outside of practice to get better, you know what I mean, and, and to do more than than the next guy because everybody shows up to practice, right? Everybody shows up to practice, so everybody did all. Everybody all did the same damn thing at practice, you know, and so forth. Everybody did the same thing. So if, if they had everybody running five, you know, uh, uh, one tens or whatever, whatever it might be, everybody did it right. But guess what? Everybody on your football team is not going to play college football. So right. what are you doing to separate yourself in that process? What are you doing to be better than the guy who? Is is never gonna play a down in college football. He did the same damn thing you did. So again, be better, do that extra, you know, take that extra step, put in that extra work, and then you know just go from there. And uh, you know, like I said, uh, I, I don't think I told you, but he's he signed with the uh, Air Force football program. My oldest nice. son, and uh, so he'll be playing out there in Colorado. Um, you know, and he just recently signed on uh, National Signing Day on uh, February third. So he's going out there to play uh corner and um like i said his whole journey uh, uh, uh begin once he uh gets out there this summer but again that was something that i always stressed to him like hey you doing the same thing as the guy that that that's never gonna play college football isn't gonna cut it you got to put in that extra work and and because of that again he put in that extra work you know he trained at the facilities with me and ahmad and so forth and just did what he had to do and um like i said uh it's just one of those things that these kids definitely have to understand. And then even that point where you say, hey, don't don't get big headed about it. Just because somebody's telling you that you're the best thing since sliced bread. 
filter out that noise, man, because you got to keep improving or else you would just be that guy that, 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 that was a has been, you know, and, and you don't want to be that guy. Keep improving upon your craft. Never think that, that, Hey, I, I got it all figured out. That's where the be coachable part is coming in at. Always listen to constructive criticism and implement it. And, uh, like I said, that, that'll take you a long way. And, um, these kids definitely got to understand that. So I hope these guys take that to heart because it's not like it was before. I mean, I think back in the day you could get away with some bad grades and, and they'll, they'll figure out some things for you, but, uh, not now, you know, you got to definitely have the grades and, and be coachable. And again, do, do the extra stuff, be, be better than what the, the, the standard is. And that'll take you a lot further than anything else, man. But, um, I appreciate you for joining me on the show, man, um, and, and giving me your insight into these corners, these DBs and so forth. It was a great one, man. Um, I'm looking forward to having you on again. Hopefully, we can break down some other guys and so forth. But um, anything you want to say to the peoples before we sign off? Nah, man, make sure y'all, you know, just uh, follow me on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. Uh, follow the Crocker Report. That's, that's my website, and I got a great team they're putting together. A lot of good draft content. So if you guys are into any of that, make sure you guys check that out. And then I have my Patreon account. It's uh, patreon.com slash crop talk. And mm -hmm. that's, that's a paid subscription. But um, I'm, I've kind of went away from doing all my breakdowns on Twitter mm -hmm. and kind of filtered it onto that because I put a lot of work into it. Even more now, like working on the uh, just how it looks and the video aspect of it and everything. Nice little effects and everything. So, um yeah, that's, that's something cool I've been working on. So uh, make okay. sure you guys, yeah, check check all that out. Oh, yeah, definitely support, man. And I'm going to support you as well, man, because, uh, like I said, I appreciate what you do. So uh, I, I definitely sign up and, and get my subscription going and make sure that I'm supporting the cause and so forth. And uh, like okay. I said, thank you, man. I appreciate you for coming on to the show. Looking forward to the next one. Um, with that being said, we're about to sign off. Again, I always tell you, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out the fifth quarter, man. I appreciate you, Eric, for being here, man, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Talk to you soon. All right, anytime, man. Yes, sir. Put the pack in the trunk, now I'm back in the front and I'm dashing the whip on the road. Yeah. Met this little baddie, we little, but back there, Chris ain't smashing and I gotta go. Dripping like I caught a lead, too much water around me, it makes sense, I got too many flows. On top of the pillar, can't settle for silver, I always deliver like straight to the dough.